Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. We're going to go into the, into the Word of the Lord today. Praise God. And hear from what the Lord has to say today. I want you to go in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Wait, I'm sorry. 1 Timothy chapter 6 first, and then we'll go to 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Praise God. And uh, excited about this. I'm excited about what God is doing. Whoever, whoever would have, let me say it like this. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> who would have thunk it that you could... You could uh, do a series on the doctrines of the Bible. And, and the power of God just keeps showing up. And the anointing of the Holy Ghost keeps showing up. And not only that, but the church keep growing. You want to know why that's happening? Because thy word is truth. Amen. And it is the truth that you know makes you free. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're in this series called What We Believe, and uh, it's basically the doctrines of the Bible the, the, uh, that we've been in for two weeks. We're in part three today. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, let as, in verse 1, let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. Let's stop for a second. I'm not preaching on this day, but basically what that's saying is honor your boss. And when you don't, the, the faith, who, who you are as a Christian, the walk of the Lord can be blasphemed in the mouths of sinners and people who don't know God. Verse 2, and those who having believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those, are, those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, and even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which, uh, which accords with godliness, doctrine, in other words, doctrine that turns around and, and is lined up with and produces godliness. Hallelujah. He says, this is what has happened. He says, if somebody's teaching something and, and it doesn't line up with this and it's not doing this, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reveling, and, and evil sus, uh, suspicions. Watch this. Verse five, useless wranglings among men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. He says, from such withdraw yourself. Hallelujah. From such withdraw yourself. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Hallelujah. Come on, Holy Ghost. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you therefore, brethren, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, 
because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, everybody say he's talking to me, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your eyes open. Hallelujah. Amen. Now we're going to go to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. Titus chapter 1 verse 15. And to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him. Being an abominable disobedient and disqualified for every good work he says they make their mouth say something but they ain't they don't have the works to line it up he said he said what has to happen is you got to you got to know God not just in your mouth but you got to know him with your works now there's a lot of teaching and preaching that goes on and says that 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 works don't matter. Works don't save you, but works matter. Because if there ain't no godly works, there ain't no godly fruit. And Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. And so if, you, if the fruit ain't good, he said, because a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree will not bear good fruit. He said, so look around and be watchful. He says, in these last days, you have to watch and pray. You got to watch and pray. He said, because uh, one man said, if a person shows you who they are, believe them. All right, then. Uh, Titus chapter two, we're just continuing to read on. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. That the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine. Teachers of good things, that they may uh, admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. To be discreet. rut row chaggy. <laughs> to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you. Exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back. That's a King James way of saying, don't be talking back. Amen. Come on now. Hallelujah. Not thieving, but showing all good fidelity, 
that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So I want you to grab something that I, I think is, I know it's three times exactly, but if not four times in 11 verses, the word doctrine is mentioned. Doctrine is a word for, in other words, for teaching. And he's saying, listen, if the church is going to grow up in the Lord and be who they're supposed to be, and if they're going to walk in the things of God so the world does not blaspheme the ways of God. Now, you're going to have some folk going to talk crazy anyway. I'm saying not that they won't be, they won't be talking crazy because of what you're doing, though. He said, then if you're going to be able to do this, if you have to grow up in the teaching, the doctrine of the Bible. And as you do this, it begins to form and it begins to fabricate your conduct. And as it fabricates your conduct, you begin to walk in a way, as Colossians says, that is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And as you walk in a way that is well-pleasing unto the Lord, people look at it and say, I've been trying to figure out something to say bad about you. But the only thing I can say is, is that you get up too early to go to church in the morning. Hallelujah. The only bad thing I can say about you is I'm sick and tired of you being so nice to me. The only bad thing I can say is that you pray too loud in your bedroom. And I hear you out there. And conviction's falling in here. That when you got the right doctrine, it lines you up with some things. That causes you to be a witness in the earth today. So let's pray and ask for God's blessing on the reading and the preaching and the teaching of his holy word. Father, today we have assembled ourselves together. This is your command for us to do. And we are here together today to hear from you, to receive from you. Father, we're here today, Lord, to be, to receive revelation. Uh, God, I thank you that the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. So God, let the words that proceed from my lips be the words from your lips, nothing more, nothing less. Lord, I submit, offer this vessel unto you, God, that you may move through it to be glorified, the church be edified, and hell be horrified. I pray today that there would be a move in this place, a move of the Holy Ghost that destroys the yokes of bondages and breaks the chains of hell and brings down every thought that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God and it be exposed as deception and a lie so the truth may be elevated and as the truth is elevated, I pray let everybody be made free, God, in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, today we thank you and we believe this now. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I give you all the glory in advance in the name of Jesus. And everybody shout amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a good praise in this house before we're seated. Hallelujah. 
You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. We're talking about what we believe. I'm going to try to spend a very short time, a very quick uh, few minutes, uh, just catching anybody who may be a newcomer up uh, on what we've been preaching over the past two weeks. Um, and I told you that the reason why I think this bear, I think I need to repeat this every time we stand up because this is a prophetic word. I believe the Lord has given me that the reason why I wanted to step into this time of talking about what be, what we believe is because listen, you can't stand on what you think. You, you can't stand on what grandmama said and what granddaddy said, and you can't stand on what, on what you colored in Sunday school. You can only stand on what is truth. And, 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 and that we have a, a lot of people in the body of Christ, and I'm saying as a whole, not, not just this church, because this church is, in, in my opinion, is one, is one of the uh, uh, better churches that is more biblical literate in things. And so I give God praise for that. Uh, but but you've got to understand that, especially in the last days, but even if it wasn't the last days, that if you don't have truth to stand on, you ain't standing on nothing. And, and before deception can ever have any power in your life, you've got to receive deception as truth. Hallelujah. You've got to receive it as truth. That's the only way that it can ever have any power in your life. And so one of the things I want to I, I want to repeat here is that what I felt like the Lord told me was this was that in the last days two churches was going to arise. There was going to be one church that was going to be provided for, protected by, governed by, dictated by, led by the government. The government was going to tell it, and I'm telling you, it is rising right before our eyes right now. The government is going to tell it what it, what it can and what it cannot believe, what it can and what it cannot say, when it can and cannot open its doors, and what it can and cannot do. You watch what I say. But while this, while this apostate church rises, there will also be another church that rises in these last days. And it'll be a church that is provided for, protected by, led by, governed by, and influenced by the Holy Ghost. And you will see a move of the Spirit that begins to release from this church during that time. I don't know how many places it will be. I don't know if there'll be a bunch of them or there'll be a few of them. All I know is that this is going to happen. And God is going to put a magnifying glass on these places so that he can begin to shout to the north, the south, and the east, and the west that he is not dead and he has not been buried and that he is not gone and that he is still alive and well and he still speaks from heaven and he still heals, he still delivers, he still saves, he still baptizes in the Holy Ghost and he's still moving in the earth. Hallelujah. So God is going to do this in these last days. You're going to see it. And, 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 and one of the things you must understand, and I'm, going to, I'm not going to try to get into this real deep because I'm going, to, I'm going to get into it either, it won't be next Sunday, but the Sunday after that, uh, is that do you realize that when, when, the, when the rapture of the church happens, now I, how many believe in the rapture of the church? Okay, the rest of you, I'll teach some, I'll teach some Bible to you and I'll help you out. But, but the rap, when the rapture of the church is, and I believe in a, I believe in, 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 I'm one of those preachers that believe that we go in before everything goes down. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to hang around, God bless you. But I, I, I'm one of those preachers that believe we're going up before it all goes down. 
I do. But I want you to understand something. I told you not too long ago, Ezekiel 38 is happening right in front of your eyes right now. Now, what you must understand is that the war that is taking place right now, I am not saying, I'm going to make sure I'm very clear. I am not saying that this is the last war. I'm saying the war that is taking place right now is in the same place that Gog and Magog has a war. Now that is the lat when that war begins to line up and happen, the rapture of the church happens. So I don't know if you're right with God and I don't know if you've done received the Lord, but if you haven't, I'm going to tell you right now, you better get ready because this, that battle that is happening over there in Ukraine right now is exactly where Gog and Magog's going to have their battle. And when that begins to happen, the rapture of the church, the Bible says, lift up your eyes and look up because your redemption draweth nigh. Let's give him praise in this house because the Lord is coming back for his church. Hallelujah. Soon and very soon. And so uh, we, I believe we are in these last days, but one of the first things I, I, we started off with, and I believe you have to start off with when you're talking about Bible doctrines, is that we believe that all Scripture, everybody say all Scripture, all Scripture is inspired by God himself. He might have used a man's hand to, to pin it, but it was breathed by the Holy Ghost. It, it, it is perfect. It is without flaw. Hallelujah. It is infallible. All scripture is breathed by God. And we go on to say that it is alive. Hallelujah. And it is powerful. Praise God. The word of the Lord is alive. That's the, let me tell you something. That's the difference between the Bible and the Quran. That's the difference between the Bible and the Book of Mormon. That's the difference between the Bible and any other book that you want to put up against it. The Bible is alive. The Bible is well. And the Bible, the, the Bible says that it can discern. Hallelujah. It can discern between the thoughts and the heart and the end tense of a person it is alive and we believe that all scripture is inspired by God praise the Lord hallelujah that means that means that it's all everybody say all hallelujah now number two I said we believe there is only one true God one true God there's not a bunch of gods Hallelujah. Let me, let me help y'all with something. These people that have these, uh, these people that have these false religions and cults and stuff like that, they are nothing to be played with. They're nothing to be played with. I remember one time there was a, some people that had been coming to my house when we lived at another location. I'm not going to mention their religion, but you know who I'm talking about. And I said, praise God, next time they come to my house, I'm going to invite these folk in. I'm going to have them in my house and I'm going to sit down and talk to them because I don't know if they're ready for this anointing. And, uh, and, you know, that's just how I was thinking. Well, right when they knocked on the door, I went to, went to get them. And right when I went to open the door, Jeshua was probably a year and a half. He fell down some steps and busted his head and began to cry. And I opened the door and he, there he is. And I said, I don't think I can deal with y'all today. My son's crying, but you can try to come back. And I shut the door 
And God said, don't let them folk up in your house. You don't know what you're doing right here, son. Don't let them up in there. This is my house. You don't you set this thing apart from me. Because you don't know what you're dealing with. And, and, and so, so I, I'm not sitting here trying to hate on people. I'm not sitting here trying to con- condemn people. I'm just trying to tell you that we believe there's one true God. And we don't believe, we do not believe that Jesus and the devil are brothers. The devil is a liar. Last time I checked, the devil was under my feet because of what Christ did. They are not brothers. Lucifer was a created being. And I serve the one and true creator, Jehovah God. Hallelujah. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. They ain't brothers. The devil is a liar. There is one true God. And I'm going to stick it out there for all the professors and whoever else wants to, to grab it. There is one true God. And you will bow your knee either here on this earth or when you stand before him. And you will remember there was a country preacher one day that told you, you will bow your knee. I would bow my knee now so I don't have to turn around and be condemned to death up there. Hallelujah. There is one true God. And that one true God has revealed himself in three persons, not three gods, one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's not just Jesus. Oh, I feel it like I need to touch it. It's not just Jesus. If you read that Bible, and you think it's Jesus only, I don't know what you're reading. Now, I'm not sitting here trying to hate on you. I can never believe that because I just got too much revelation for it. Hallelujah. So it's not Jesus only. It is one true God revealed, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I'm thankful for the Son, and I'm thankful for the Father, and I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. How can you possibly say these things? Well, if you read your Bible, you'll realize that when Jesus was in the Jordan and he came up out of the water, the Bible says, everybody say the Bible says, the Bible says that the spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove on Jesus and a voice came out of heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now we got some big issues. When he's up on the mountain, Jesus is sitting there. He's transfigured before their eyes. Peter was dumb enough to say some stuff like he was equal to Elijah and Moses. God said, shut up, boy. This is my beloved son. The Bible says a cloud came and hovered over him. That's the spirit. And a voice came out of the cloud and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. So either, either what I'm saying is true or like Jesus was like schizophrenic. Jesus was not schizophrenic. Let's move on. Number three, we believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ as eternal son of God. Eternal son of God. His virgin birth. Hallelujah. Prophesied about in Isaiah 7, 14. His sinless life. 
Let me tell you something. If somebody says, well, I believe Jesus sinned, but, but you know, I still believe he paid for the sins and we'll just have to agree to disagree. Say, no, brother, we can't agree to disagree. I, I can't have fellowship with you because if you believe Jesus was a sinner, then Jesus was a liar. And if Jesus was a liar, then our whole faith has gone down the toilet. So it's truth. You've got to understand he is eternal son of God, a virgin birth, a sinless life. I believe the miracles of Jesus, every last one of them. I believe in his substitutionary work on the cross. Hallelujah. If if he was not the, the spotless lamb, then his death on the cross was vain. I believe in the resurrection from the dead. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'm telling you the best Satan had, he threw at him, but he could not defeat him. And number four, we believe, just just a recap, we believe in the fall of man. What are you talking about the fall of man? Adam and Eve were made perfect. They were made perfect. Hallelujah. The Bible says they were created good and upright. For God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. However, man by voluntary transgression fell and thereby incurred not only physical death, but also spiritual death, which is separated from God. The fall of man. Why is this important? Because people nowadays feel like that you are good whether you have Jesus or not. But can I tell you, you are not good on your own. You are not good on your own. You are not good and you just need a little Jesus to make you better. Without Jesus, you are a sinner. You are on your way to hell and there ain't nothing good that's coming out of your life. That's why you have to come and repent and give your life to Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's move on to number five today so we can get these out. We believe, everybody say, we believe in the salvation of man. So there was the fall of man, but we believe in the salvation of man. How many are glad that God still saves people. Hallelujah. Man's only hope of redemption is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. There is no other way of redemption. You can't buy it. You can't be good enough for it. You can't get it because of your color and you can't get it because of your nationality. God is not an American God. He's not an Asian God. He's not a European God. He is the God of all and there is salvation for a man through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people believe this. A lot of people believe this until they're tried with it. I tell people, I tell people a lot of times your grace line comes right up to the place. Your grace line comes right up to the place where God saved you. That means, that means if, if you were, if you were an alcoholic, but if but you didn't do no drugs and you didn't get out there and do no crazy stuff, you weren't locked up, then you believe God can save alcoholics. But some people don't believe God can save drug addicts. That means your great, some people's grace line comes right up to the place where they were saved. 
But can I tell you, the blood of Jesus saved it all. The blood of Jesus broke it all. The blood of Jesus broke off addiction. The blood of Jesus broke off pride. The blood of Jesus broke off shame. The blood of Jesus broke all of it off. It broke off poverty. It, it broke off religion. It broke off racism. It broke it all off. It broke off intimidation. It broke it all off. Hallelujah. The salvation of man. Now, let's talk about this. Conditions to salvation. You want to know why it got so tight all of a sudden? Because there's a lot of people teach there are no conditions to salvation. Well, see, that ain't the Bible. That's not the Bible. There are conditions to salvation. Now, this is what the Bible says. Salvation through repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit being justified by grace through faith. Man becomes an heir of God according to the hope of eternal life. What does that mean? If you didn't repent, you ain't saved. Well, I came down and cried. It's not in the Bible. I came down and shook. It's not in the Bible. I got my name on three membership rolls. It's not in the Bible. Well, I came down and said a prayer, but I walked back out and I'm doing the same thing and I've, that I've been doing. Well, you ain't saved. How do you know? Not because I said, but because repentance is a condition for salvation. Well, preacher, do you have any Bible? Let's go to it. Luke 24, verse 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations Beginning at Jerusalem, John 3, 3. Watch this right here. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Romans 10. Listen to what the Bible says. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's why I stand and preach this glorious gospel. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? It is written, how beautiful. That's the reason I'm wearing some good shoes today. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings and good things. Church, can I tell you something? When you preach this glorious gospel and people truly repent, what does repentance mean? Repentance means I was going this way, but I decide to turn and go this way. I was once doing this, but now I turn and I started doing this. I was once living this way, but now I started to live this way. I was once dead in my trespasses, but now I'm alive in Christ Jesus. Repentance means I have turned from who I used to be, and now I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. If there is no repentance, 
There is no salvation. And if you think you have another way, oh, God help you. The apostle Paul said, if anybody comes preaching to you another gospel, then what I preached to you beforehand, he said, if an angel shows up with 12 other angels and they all got gold in their hand and, and, and they all got gems in their pockets and they preach to you another gospel, don't believe them. They're cursed. And the apostle Paul knew his own frailty. He said, if I show up preaching to you a different gospel than what you heard from the beginning, he said, do not believe that gospel. What is he trying to say? He is trying to say there is a gospel that saves mankind and it's not a greasy grace and it's not a whatever you can do whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it. It is repentance in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you repent and call on him, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Conditions to salvation. But then I want to talk about something else. The evidence of salvation. The evidence. Folk talking about, don't judge me. You be judging me. Well, wait a minute. I want to, I want to. I want to just touch something for a minute, not because, I, not because I'm trying to sit over you and judge you and sit around and just try to watch every move, because I don't have time to watch every move. If, most time when God, when, when I, if I say something you like, you've been watching me, no, it's because the Holy Ghost said it. But there are evidence of salvation. Now, I told y'all, I told y'all, I think I told y'all a story of this before, but it bears repeating. I can remember once before, there was a, a dear lady, done, her and her boyfriend that came into the house. They were shacking up and all that good stuff. And, and she done come, in, come into the house and got saved. And, and, and her boyfriend, this before I was a pastor, and they came to my pastor and they said, <clears throat> he said, something's wrong. Since, since, I, since I done come down, we done started coming to this church, you know, she ain't want And uh, and the other night, and just G-rated. And the other night we, y'all fill in the blanks, and she kicked me off of her. What happened? So, something happened in her. Said I can't do this anymore. There's an evidence that I have been born of the Spirit, and I am no longer the same. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus, and new creatures eat different stuff. They live different. They live in a different way. They breathe a different way. They speak a different way, and they believe a different way. I ain't a new person. I'm a new creature. So there's evidence. But one of the main evidence, watch this, that's outward evidence, right? And you can, that's in Ephesians 4, 24. Let's pull it up. That you should put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. All right, so that's the outward evidence. But then they they got something called an inward evidence. 
When I got born again, Pastor Antoine, when I got born again, nobody handed me nothing, any, anything tangible. I didn't, get a, I didn't get a certificate. I didn't get a I'm saved card. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get no name badge. I, 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 I didn't have me a saved seat. I didn't have, I, but you couldn't talk me out of what I have received because there was an inner witness on the inside of me that said, I'm not the same as who I used to be. There's an inner witness that said, I don't know if you know who I am now, but when I went home after that day, I threw away everything that I had and I said, I have found the joy. I have found the treasure that I was looking for. There was an inner witness in me and you could try to talk me out of it if you could, but you didn't have the breath. There was an inner witness in me. Do you have an inner witness inside of you that says, I am his. He is mine. I know it. I know it. I don't have to guess it. I know there's something inside of me that's speaking to me that I am his that I belong to him. Hallelujah. That's the inner witness of the Holy Ghost that says, I'm jealous over you. I don't like to share you. <laughs> and I ain't talking about with your family or nothing. I'm talking about he don't want to share you with idols. He doesn't want to share you with demonic mindsets. He doesn't want to share you with sinful living. He doesn't want to share you with any of that. He's jealous over you. A crazy girlfriend ain't got nothing on the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I ain't got nothing on the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about he's tracking you and everything. He's like, I got you on 360. What you doing over there? How long you was over there? I ain't got nothing on the Holy Ghost. Woo, let's give him praise. Y'all know I'm talking the truth up in here now. So, so we believe in the salvation of man. Uh, number six, we, we believe in the ordinances of the church. The ordinances of the church. The first ordinance I want to talk about is the baptism in water. The baptism in water. The ordinance of baptism by immersion is commanded. Not asked. Not, he, Lord didn't ask, well, do you like water? <laughs> Did, well, you know, preacher, I just don't like crowds. I'll get baptized, but I don't like crowds. God didn't ask you you like crowds. Amen? Amen. You ought to research the first church. And you don't even have to research them. You can research some of the Middle Eastern church. When it comes to be time to be water baptized, most of them don't do it in a building like this. They go out to the public place where all the, all the uh, Muslims or Hindus or whoever else sits there and takes note. Tanji got water baptized. 
So now we're not going to hire her. Now we're not going to feed her. Now if we have any chance, we're going to try to kill her. And her, and her family's marked. And they go out there and say, hold on, preach, I got something to say. Before you put me in this water, I got something to say. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and I belong to Jesus Christ, and I'll be with him forever. Boom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All who repent and believe on, Jesus, on Christ as Savior and Lord are to be baptized. Thus they declare to the world that they have died with Christ and that they also have been raised with him to walk in the newness of life. That's what this means. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Mark 6, Mark 16, 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. The baptism of water. The baptism of water is an ordinance of the church and scripture. Ordinance means an authoritative decree or direction. When we are truly born again, truly born of the spirit, we will want to be baptized in water. Why? Because we're following the Lord Jesus's example. Jesus came to the Jordan to be baptized and John the Baptist or John the baptizer said, I need to be baptized you. Jesus said, you don't understand. Permit it to be so, so I can fulfill all righteousness. There was a lot of things that were happening in that river today, but I'm only going to point out one of them. One of them was I'm leaving an example to my church that you don't have the right to choose or not to choose. You need to get yourself in that water and be water baptized and follow. That's the reason we call it following the Lord in water baptism. Baptism. Now, if Jesus would be water baptized and did not sin, oh my goodness, why should we not, knowing that our sins have been great, but have been forgiven of all of them? Oh, hallelujah. Let's go on to the second ordinance, Holy Communion. Holy Communion. The Lord's Supper. Consisting of the elements, bread and the fruit of the vine is the simple is the symbol expressing our sharing the divine nature of the of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you realize that when we partake of the Lord's table, we're not just killing time. We're not just doing something because we don't have nothing else to do. Do you realize you're partaking of the very nature of Jesus Christ? That's why it's called holy communion. That's why the Apostle Paul said you can't drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons at the same time. Second Peter 1 verse 4 tells us it's a memorial of his suffering and death. 1 Corinthians 11 uh, it, it tells us that, that by doing this we proclaim his death until he comes again. But let's move on. Number seven, are we ready? Everybody shout amen. Now give the Lord a good praise in the house of God. Now you just woke somebody up. It ain't time to leave. We just woke you up. You're like, my God, is it time to go somewhere? No, we just woke you up. And number seven, the baptism and the Holy Spirit. 
the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. All believers are entitled to and should enthusiastically expect and, and earnestly seek the promise of the Father, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire, according to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know Jesus did not ask you, do you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? He did not ask you, do you feel like it? He did not ask you, do you have time for it? He did not ask you, does your denomination teach it or does your denomination agree with it? One of the six slickest tricks Satan ever done was denominationalizing the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus didn't ask anybody but in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4 he commanded them to go and wait for the father of uh, the promise of the father and he said John said I baptize you with water but there is one coming after me that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Can I tell you he didn't ask you do you want it he commanded you to have why? Because you cannot. You will never fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ without the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo. Amen. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the other ends of the earth. One of the reasons why we don't have a lot of people witnessing of the resurrection of Jesus Christ anymore is because people have done slacked away from the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They don't want to preach it. They don't want to teach it. They try to put it in a back room somewhere and say, that's for all you nuts. You can do that right there. And it is amazing to me that the very Pentecostal churches of this land have Pentecost on their signs, but they don't have Pentecost in their spirit because they don't want to preach it anymore because they're scared somebody's going to get up and walk out. They're scared they might offend somebody. They're scared somebody ain't going to like the speaking in other tongues. They're scared sister so-and-so might let her hair down and begin to shake for the Lord. They're scared the power of God's going to show up. But can I tell you, I ain't looking at none of them people. I don't care about it because if you grow those places without the Holy Ghost, you ain't doing nothing but growing a social club. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What this nation needs right now is a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire and let it start now in the Pentecostal churches that claim to have what you don't have. Don't speak in tongues. Don't lay hands. Let's just have us a quiet little service and somehow people are going to get it. I thank God that John the baptizer was not complacent and lukewarm like that. I thank God that John wasn't some weakling like that, but he stood up in the middle of a generation and nobody had received it. And he said, I baptize you with water, but here comes one that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire and Jesus said go and wait in Jerusalem until you have received this power hallelujah until you have received this power power to be a mama power to be a godly daddy power to be a godly son power to be a godly daughter power to be a preacher power to teach Sunday school power
power to go out and witness power to be a godly businessman power to not stop at the liquor store power to put your pornography down power to bust your crack pipe power to love people power to quit hating people of different color power to quit being addicted to religion power to not kill yourself power to get out of your depression power to get out of your dark season ah power That's what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about power to do things in here, but I'm talking about power when you get out there and they say something's unchanged on the inside of you and you used to wouldn't talk to me. Now you can't stay away from it. You're loving me like you never loved me before. Power to not get divorced. Power to quit committing adultery. Power, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about, power. Jesus said, y'all got to have this, boys. Because Peter, last time I checked on you, son, you were denying me. And then you done gathered everybody else up and went on a fishing trip. He said, uh, he said, and Thomas, you were talking about you couldn't believe. He said, Thomas, I know you put your hands on my side and on my hands, but you're still going to doubt if you don't get power. He said, because when the power comes in you, there's an inner witness. There's such an inner witness on the inside of you that you say, man, if God said it, I know I can have it. Hey, there's such an inner witness on the inside of you. I can remember I can remember when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. It wasn't but a couple months later. And y'all know I used to hang out with some sketchy characters. And uh, that's all we're going to say about it. And, and I remember being at a gas station. I was filling up with gas. And one of these characters came out. And I, he, he had done been to prison for killing people and all kinds of stuff. And he came out and he said, let me get a ride with you. I said, come on and hop in. He said, hold on something, man. You're glowing. He said, you're glowing. I, I don't know why you're glowing. I said, man, it's the presence of God on me. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I got born again and I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and now I'm a fire talking, tongue talking, Jesus Christ walking believer that knows how to stump devils. Come on and get in this car, son. I got a little something I need to tell you right now. You see, I wasn't scared of nobody. I ain't scared of dying. I ain't scared of no gang. I ain't scared of no terrorists. I ain't scared of none of them. You want to know why? There's power. I ain't scared of COVID. I ain't scared of None of it. Why? There's power on the inside of me, church. And this is what the American church needs right now. Power. Somebody give Jesus a praise if you know he can give you power. And so, this type of power came on them. And this man who couldn't stand up before a slave girl stood up and said, y'all killed Jesus. 
and you ought to go to hell right now for it. But if you repent and believe on the Lord your God, you shall be saved and you shall receive this promise. And this promise you saw me get is the same promise that is promised to you and your children and as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is promised to you. And the Bible says that 3,000 people got saved that day. Said, men and brethren, what shall we do to join the church? That ain't what they said. Men and brethren, what shall we do to be in the club? That ain't what they said. Men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? He said, repent, on the, repent of your sins and confess the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. What a power. What a power. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. My God, it brings a boldness, a dunamis. The Greek word for power is dunamis. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, where we get our word dynamite. Wanna know, you wanna know why ain't nobody explosive anymore? Want to know why people are running from churches instead of running to them? They ain't seeing no dynamite. You want to know why you came here and some of you traveled an hour and a half one way? Because you knew somebody was going to light a fuse and something was going to explode in this house this morning. It's called power and it's the dynamite of the Holy Ghost. That's what it's called. That's why you drove by grandmama's church and that's why you drove by 20 other ones to get here. Hallelujah, can I give you one more? Can I give you one more before we go today? I wanna talk about this right here. So we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now we're gonna talk about the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is not the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What is the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? It is the speaking of the other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. I have, I'm telling you, it's true for my life and it's been true for every single person I've ever seen get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Uh, some of them, it took a few days or a little while for them to yield to their prayer language. But when they yielded, God gave them a prayer language and they was baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. They spoke with other tongues. Now we do not, we do not build doctrines off of one scripture and we do not build doctrines off of one verse. So preacher, how do you know this is a true doctrine? Because in Acts chapter two, when the Holy Ghost had fell upon them, they were all in the upper room and the Holy Ghost fell upon them all and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Hallelujah. And then we go on and, and we see in Acts chapter 10, Peter goes to Cornelius' house the very first time that the gospel is preached to the Gentiles and Peter walks in and the Bible says while he was still preaching, just like what's happening to some of you right now, while I'm still preaching, the Holy Ghost fell upon them 
and they begin to speak with other tongues. Hallelujah. And they begin to declare the prophetic word of the Lord. And then in Acts chapter 19, the apostle Paul comes to a city called Ephesus and he finds some disciples and he said, men and brethren, well, have you received since you believed? Now, either the apostle Paul is crazy or else he knows something that other people did not know. And the apostle Paul was not crazy because he pinned over two thirds of the New Testament and has pinned the very act of grace and faith that you have right now. And so he says, men and brethren, have you received since you believe? They said, man, what are you talking about? He said, have you received the Holy Ghost? He said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. He said, well, what water was you baptized in? Or what baptism was you baptized in? He said, we were baptized into the baptism of John. He said, John came preaching a baptism of repentance. But there was one that was after him that came that came uh, uh, preaching the baptism and came preaching the repentance of sin. He said, he is the Lord Jesus Christ. And they believed on the Lord Jesus. And they were saved. And the Bible says they were baptized in water. But when they came up out of the water, the apostle Paul laid his hands on them and said, men and brethren, receive the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they begin to speak with other tongues and prophesy. So let me tell you something. Every time you get the Holy Ghost, somebody sees something and somebody hears something. And if ain't nothing been seen and ain't nothing been heard, then you probably don't have what you think you have. But I tell you, there is a fire of the baptism of the Holy Ghost that will come on your life and you can speak with other tongues. And you don't have to be Pentecostalized. What does that mean? You don't have to be raised in a Pentecostal church. One of the things we celebrated, one of the things we were so ecstatic about was during when we opened up our church in 2020 and we only shut down for three weeks. And when we opened it up, we kept on preaching and people started coming in the fall of the year. God led me to preach on the Holy Ghost. And one of the things we were so ecstatic about, so just excited about, and we still are, is because bad, good Baptist people, good Methodist people, good Presbyterian people, people that love the Lord with all their heart, started coming to church because their church was shut down. They had not been Pentecostalized. Nobody told them how to speak in tongues, and nobody told them about falling out. They didn't give courtesy falls if they hit the floor, it's because God hit them. And they would come down to this altar and we would lay hands on them. And good old Baptist people and good old Methodist people and good old Ashete, good old Presbyterian people and people that love the Lord begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And they walked out saying, I didn't even know there was such a power. I didn't even know that there was such a power that I received. Some of them said they told me it wasn't for today, but they can't tell me that anymore. Why? Because they were like Peter and John when they told them don't preach in Jesus' name anymore. They said, we can't help. 
but preach what we have seen and what we ah, what we have heard and all I know is I went down to that altar and all I know is I was ready to give up I was ready to give in I was ready to kill myself I was ready to get a divorce I was ready to quit serving the Lord but that dear sister or that dear brother put their hands on me and out of my belly came flowing rivers of living water and shut on the and I got a power now to live when I wanted to die. I got a power now to go when I wanted to quit. Uh. I had a power now. Now when I sit over the sink, and tears come down my face into the dishwater. It ain't because I want to quit and leave. It's because I can't believe he's so good in my life now. Now when I drive home and tears are running down my face and the kids are home and I'm not, tears ain't running down my face because I'm trying to figure out something else to do. Tears are running down my face saying, thank you, God, that I got a home and I got a family and I thank you for being so good to me. I've got a power that I did not even know existed. Now, now when I drive home, and I ride by that liquor store, tears are running down my face. They're not running down my face because I got to pull in and I can't help it. And I'm addicted and chained to a demon that I can't get out of me. Now I ride by and tears are rolling down my face saying I ain't got to pull in there anymore. Because whom the Son has made free is free indeed and I am free. Oh, power! Hmm. Y'all stand up all over this place. Uh, this is, see, why you sense power? Because you're, what's happening is every service that we do this, foundation is being built. Now when folk try to tell you, hey man, you know, not everybody can be saved. You say, you a liar. The devil is a liar. And his mom-in-law too. Now when somebody tries to tell you, hey man, that ain't for today, you say, no, 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 no. Man, I got scripture. I, I got like Bible. And I ain't trying to argue with you. I'm just trying to tell me you ain't talking me out of this. Because I have what I have. And the Bible says, taste and see that the what Lord is good I've seen something I've heard something I've tasted something I felt something we pray you were blessed by today's message for more content and to get to know us better download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com